Welcome to the Butts and Seats Podcast, where we're ready to rumble through the wreckage and inspect the imminent extinction of WCW. That makes it sound like it's a dinosaur. <laughs> the mean, imminent extinction? I mean, it's kind of full of dinosaurs. I'm but, Nick alongside Emily hearing that for the first time. Clearly not the biggest fan. I, I think I'm going to need to hear it again. Where we're ready to rumble through the wreckage and inspect the imminent extinction of WCW. We're not referencing ready to fucking rumble. So if I just do where we're ready to inspect the imminent extinction of WCW? I like that better. Okay. I do like that better. Well, that's better. our new verbiage going forward now. Inspect <laughs> the imminent extinction. Yep. Okay. I mean, it's it's reboot time, so it might as well reboot this, right? Exactly. But yeah, it's Bunch of Seeds Podcast, episode number 95. Getting closer and closer to episode 100, but I'm Nick alongside Emily. Hello. Emily, how you doing today? Better, shockingly. Better than December to December? You know, so we did record out of order. So we just recorded December to December. That'll be out before this. Yes, of course. But Ready to Rumble comes out in between. But the most recent in our memory is December to December on our Patreon. And that kind of broke me as a person. And somebody on social media pointed out that I made that choice to watch that show. And I, I made that choice on the podcast as well. No, I know. We, we both made choices. We made the decision that the Patreon content is... I am the final choice. I am the final decision maker on the Patreon content. I fucked up. Yeah, you girl bossed a little too close to the sun. I sure did. And somebody pointed that out on social media. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Girl bosses can make bad decisions too, okay? But getting back to WCW felt kind of wild. Yeah, because... A couple other things are programming since then, because I think we reviewed Legends House Part 3 after the last Nitro, so yeah, four episodes of uh, non-WCW. Ugh. Yeah. Close to you know what's funny? Gene. We were worried about forgetting the storylines. We were for- we were worried that it would be too long of a time between WCW that we would forget storylines going into the reboot. None of them came into play. No. Not at all. Remember how you've been saying, it's like, we don't really know what the reboot means. Now we do. Now we do. You were just speculating before. Now we can actually say what it is with, like, with like clarity. Well, what it is is the April 10th, 2000 WCW Monday Nitro. I'm guessing this is, like, an infamous episode. I mean, it's notable because of it's because it's the first show of Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff in charge. I mean, Russo has been gone since January, and Bischoff's been gone... September? Yeah, like six months. Yeah, he was gone a little bit before Russo came in, so... Yeah, because there was that, like, dark time between Bischoff and Russo. And then the dark time between Russo and Russo. Yeah. A lot of dark times in WCW. I will say, though, it was nice to get back. I've kind of missed WCW. I mean, maybe it's because we just have December to December so, like, early in our, like, memory bank right now. But I don't know. I've kind of missed it. I miss the stupid faff. I don't miss the bad shit. I miss the faff. You know I'm a bitch for Faf. I love Faf. Well, if you want Faf, stay tuned until the end of the episode because we will be announcing four potential episodes that will go- be going up on a poll, not a Vince <laughs> Russo style poll, but uh, we're putting, putting up a poll of four potential episodes to be episode 100. You have to wait and see what those episodes are until the end of the episode, or you can just be a smug prick and go look on Twitter because it's uh, by the time you listen, it'll be up. In the recording session, I don't even know what the four are. Yeah. So, Emily, before we get into the show, let's get into some backstage notes, and they always kind of enjoy these. I do. Don't say backstage, but um, but New Jack has returned to ECW television. <sighs> and would you believe it? He got into a backstage altercation with the guy who hurt him. Yeah, because he has brain damage. I don't think he's thinking very clearly. Yeah, it's been not that long. 
Not long enough for the amount of injury that happened to him. He's the Aaron Rodgers of his time. Coming back to a group that probably shouldn't for his health and the fact that the group isn't going to last all that long. I mean, didn't he, like, he's getting, like, exploratory surgery for his fucking ACL or something. I'm trying to think which one. <laughs> no, Aaron Rodgers. They're not giving New Jack exploratory surgery. In a note that may explain some things on this show. Do you know who is heavily advertised in, like, local ads for this Nitro, Emily? I feel like Scott Hall, because they mention him a lot. Uh, who's the other person they constantly are mentioning? Or they're not mentioning, but the crowd is clearly expecting someone oh, to Goldberg. be here. Oh, Goldberg. Yep. They advertise the shit out of Goldberg, and he is not on this show. Wow. Yeah. So they weren't just cheering out of jest. Yeah, because I was like, man, are all these people, like, really clear on, like, his, like, recovery timeline? No, they advertised no, him. No, they like, were reading... They were reading the marketing. Yeah, wow. I'm like, yeah, they weren't reading the dirt sheets. They're no. reading the fucking paper. No, yeah, they were. They just wow. My final backstage note that isn't related to really anything on this show is um, an amateur wrestler from the University of Minnesota has won the NCAA Heavyweight Championship a few weeks ago, and WWF is interested in signing them. Okay. No guess on who that is. <sighs> no. It's Mr. Brock Lesnar. Real? Oh, shit. Yeah. This motherfucker. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's about that time. It's about that time. I thought it was until 2002. Well, yeah, he doesn't actually. Like, he goes through OVW because he's doing shooting star presses like every fucking show there. And they're like, you need to stop that. You gotta it hurt feels, yourself. It feels way too early for Brock Lesnar to be even spoken about. But no, it's not that far away. I mean, we just saw John Cena in Ready to Rumble. He's part of that same OVW class. Shit, that's true. Yeah. It's just so bizarre because like. My timeline on Brock Lesnar is so flimsy in my brain because in my head, he's more modern. Like, he's in the 2010s. Well, that is a weird thing of his initial run was two years. Yeah. And then he vanished this for a run, long time. Now, it's been 11 years. Right. I still don't know if he's wrestled more matches from that 2002 run than he has since 2012. Ugh. I don't know. It might be close. Damn. I'd like to believe in 11 years that it's more than two years. I'd like but to believe he that. he was doing the house show shit, Even too, if he's then. just doing one show a year? Come he, on. He was doing all the shows, though, in 2002 and 2003. Well, he, yeah. He, feel, he felt so sparse on the show. No. Even in 2002. I mean, he was literally, like, the main character of SmackDown. I guess. So, Emily, let's uh, let's get into this reboot Nitro, shall we? There's a lot to talk about. We're live from Denver, Colorado. Kind of weird spot for it, but they clearly it booked... Is the timeline of this arena before they decided let's get everybody back. Oh yeah, they had to book the venue before they booked the storyline. Because I guess we should also just acknowledge up front, resetting your whole show six days for pay per view, not a good idea. No. Literally six days. They don't even have like and there's only a one show a week show. Like we're not talking about Thunder. Like Thunder is nothing. But it's only a one day a week show. It's not like the WWE where you have Raw on Monday and SmackDown on Friday to set up for the pay-per-view on Sunday. You have one show. Yeah, we should know. We are recording this shortly after watching. We did not peek into Thunder at all, but... No, I guess we should. Maybe we'll we'll do that after. Yeah, we'll watch Thunder before uh, Spring Stampede. Yeah, definitely. But, like, they do so much in this episode that there's no way that everything can be prepped for this, this pay-per-view on Sunday. And it's not. So I think one of the big questions you can kind of ask going into this is, okay, they're doing this whole reboot thing. Did it even get anybody watching? And it actually did. The rating is up to a 3-1 from a 2.6 from two weeks ago. Because last week was the clip show. Right. It, it bombed. Which I do still want to go back and watch. But yeah, two weeks ago, that's the wall, brother. That got a 2.6. This okay. got a 3-1. So ratings are up. Okay. But not 
That's no. like a fairly significant jump, two six to three one. That's not nothing. Yeah, but keep in mind they still don't have the third hour, so their revenue yeah. is garbage. Still garbage because they ratings didn't go up enough from that time. Uh, and by the way, Raw did a six two. Well, yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens next week because I feel like this episode would have gotten me to watch Nitro over Raw for the curiosity factor alone. This show is wild from the outside. If you watch both networks and both shows, this episode feels like I gotta watch this. So we'll see what happens next week. But then again, WWF is just putting on good programming. Of course. I mean, yeah. like It's It's like if we had the opportunity in in 2000 to have like a DVR, if people are recording on their VHSs or something, yeah, record Raw. Maybe watch this. Yeah, Raw's not being main-evented by Big Dog Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin. The Big Dog. So, show starts, we get the long-form Nitro intro. It's like, oh, we get, like, the whole thing. But still no Nitro girls. They're in the intro, that's it. Not in the show. Well, actually, no, they do kind of appear on the show. Not really. We'll get to them in a sec, but Tony welcomes us to the show as the opening pyro goes off, and we see a brand new set. Yeah, underwhelming, though. Yeah. Brand new set makes it sound a lot more grandiose than it is. It's not the SmackDown punch. No, it's just Trust Towers. It's just... It's more like modern day WWE where it's like, but without the screen, you know, well, but there the, is a screen, I well, guess. The, there's the big screen behind. Yeah. And then there's just this little. It's a little truss, truss walkway. Yeah. Yeah. It's not terribly interesting. I think, honestly, minus the slippery ramp, you made me miss the bird shit logo. Yeah. I mean, that at least was something. This, I guess this is probably easier and cheaper to transport. Yeah. So maybe there's budget cutting in that? Yeah, you got a point there. Maybe. Plus, you actually are highlighting the Titan Tron compared yes. to other times. This so. is the first time I've really like made note of the Titan Tron. That's not true. We did note it like the first time they used it where it was just like still images. They, like, spun. Right, but this wasn't just still images. This is like video. This is like a real Titan Tron. Yeah, they had it previously, but it was just hidden behind the logo, and it's like, why are you even bothering? Right. So our commentary team tonight is Tony Schiavone, Mark Madden, and Scott Hudson. Ugh. Yeah, Scott Hudson, big old bland burger. Yeah, there was a time like when we first started the like the the Russo era where Nick was telling me different points in the timeline that are like deemed as this is where it falls apart. This is where it falls apart. This is where it falls apart. And one of them was when Mark Madden entered. And I swear he said that another one was when Scott Hudson entered. You know, I think I misspoke. It's not necessarily that them showing up is the beginning of the end. It's that. Oh, they're there for the bad moment, so... Oh, okay. <laughs> they're a harbinger of things to come. It's not that you're the, they're like, oh, right now it's dead. It's like, well, nope, they're going to be here for the shit. He is the raven. So, the mid card is in the ring, for lack of a better term. Low and mid. Yeah. Everybody who isn't a main eventer is in and around ringside. Including the um, the valets and escorts and, and the managers. Girls. They are there. Are they? I didn't yeah. see any of them. They don't give anybody really all that much time. I saw... um. Melody, is that her name? With Maestro? Maestro's girl. I think her name is Melody. No, it's not Melody. That okay. makes sense, though, because she's a it's music. Oh, yeah, no, that totally makes yeah. sense. That's not her name. Oh. Oh, fuck. What was her? <laughs> Ryan Shamrock. Oh, God. It's been so. It's been too long. She was there. I saw her. I saw Mr. Big. I saw the Mama Lukes were in there. Oh, this, oh it's Symphony. Symphony. For some reason, Symphony didn't sound right to me, but I was like... Symphony, yeah. I knew it was a musical term, but Melody was the only one that made sense. So apparently everyone was told, like, have, like, stoic, worried looks. Just like, you know, it's a talent meeting. Oh, okay. And then the opening pyro went off and set part of Brian Knobs' hair on fire. So oh, really? So everybody was cracking up. 
Oh my god. Well, with the amount of product in his hair, the man is just a walking yeah. flammable object. A lot of mid card in there that I recognize. Yeah, we have some lower tier guys in the ring, and then like, all right, let's bring out the big guns. And I thought that certain people weren't in that group upset me, but we get um, like the cat. Well, I'm saying people who were in the ring that should have been part of the other group, as opposed to the vice versa. Because oh, I'm thinking the vice versa, because the people who got the walk down the ramp, like, why the fuck did the cat get to walk? Okay, to you, the cat is the most egregious one. Yes. Not Van Hammer? Yeah, Van Hammer was confusing, you're right. Apparently Van Hammer was not meant to be the group, and there was some, like, confu- confusion. Like, yeah, there was some, like, miscommunication. So, I think the cat was supposed to be there, Van Hammer was not. But, Van Hammer is, like... In one of the camera shots to this whole segment. I'm like, why? The f-? And it was in Ready to Rumble. I'm like, He's are getting you a push, brother. Pushable? I don't think so. We got Jeff Jarrett coming out last in a cut-off orange collared shirt. Looking- Which made us ask, who's that? No. No, there's no orange Pokemon. We can't even. <laughs> we tried. But this man, you know what? If he was a Pokemon, his ability is damp. Because holy <laughs> shit, this man is wet. He's got like a fresh spray tan on, too. He's yeah. looking dark. <laughs> And Emily, in this new era of Nitro, what's the first thing Jeff Jarrett says? I'm the big shot. <laughs> no, you're thinking of Hardcore Holly. <laughs> no. Uh, no, Listen, slap nuts. Nope, he just says, I, I've, I've been deemed the chosen one. And I'm, I'm like, the chosen one. God damn, I thought we were done with this. No, he's still the chosen one. Don't worry, Nick. He's always the chosen one. Ugh, we, we like to reference some uh, SpongeBob memes on this show. And anytime Jeff Jarrett comes out, I just think of the... Oh, brother, this guy stinks. Yes. <laughs> the problem is, he's not bad in the ring. He's not a bad he's promo. He's not bad in the ring. He's just a prick. He's just overexposed. Really he's so annoying. There's too much of him. He's very he's very enjoyable in the ring. He's actually got a really good skill set. He's actually a very good wrestler. But he sucks. <laughs> and you want to watch TNA. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he says he's the chosen one. He was chosen by Vince Russo. And they had a master plan to like have him be the champion. But somewhere along the master plan, some good old boys held them down. That was the phrase of this promo, was good old boy. And as far as those good old boys go, what goes around comes around. I think he's just talking about Kevin Sullivan. Oh, you think so? I think it's literally only Kevin Sullivan. For some reason, I was getting like Jim Ross. They they should have Jim Ross in the future, but they are talking about WCW management and bookers and TNT. WWF barely even plays a factor here yet. Oh, okay. I thought that was what they were calling the good old boy network was WWF. They don't want to do the old wrestling show. TNT wants that. They want to do basically Raw. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, that's... I don't like that as much as I No, it's... It's, <laughs> it's less interesting to me Yeah, now. the Good One Network is just the old heads in WCW. Okay. A.K.A. Kevin Sullivan and... I'd say Terry gotcha. Taylor, but he's fucking here tonight. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, I guess I was totally not following this. But apparently Kevin Sullivan watched the show and then never watched it again. Yeah, say that, that if I didn't have to. I'm trying to think of like who... Are, maybe Dutch Mantel is... I don't know if he's part of the booking committee at that point. I'm like, Kevin Nash was booking. He's fucking here tonight. He's here. Even he later is like... Oh, what happened to my old wrestling show? See, that's why I was kind of confused. I'm like, do you want to be doing the Monday Night Wrestling show? Because, like, that's what Kevin Nash was saying Are later. you telling sorry, me spoilers. there's not a clear vision for this show? I just, I guess I was confused because there was so much underhanded insult to WWF in this that I just figured it was all fuck WWF. Well, I'm sorry. Emily, don't you mean that? You're correct. <laughs> yeah. They keep cutting out them saying WWF. Except Those when they... goddamn pandas. Except when they... <laughs> <laughs> quality joke i was saying except when they don't because they do see WWF multiple times and just leave it but yeah the pandas 
Still want that shirt. What? The, of the, the one panda holding a chair over another panda. This is WWF. Oh, yes. We can find that. So, Jeff Jarrett introduces the man who was once Vince McMahon's best kept secret. And out was comes he? a lad. Vince Russo comes out. Yeah. This is the big reveal. This is the face reveal of Vince Russo. Yeah. Dr. He- Claw has been seen now. <laughs> it's it's French Stewart. Or, or, no, shit. Who's the... Oh, no, French Stewart is Inspector Gadget in the second one. I forget. It's just some... Oh. I'm thinking of Inspector Gadget. It's just some lad. He's is just a guy. Dr. Claw. And He's so is Vince Russo. some New Jersey Guido guy that they pulled off of the shore and threw him here. I don't even believe he's from New York. Emily, it's not going to come up at any point going forward, but I just feel like you'll appreciate knowing what his um, his magazine name was because oh, he ran WF Magazine before sure. he was a head writer. So he had a uh, pseudonym? Yeah. Oh, God. Did he, any guesses? And by the way, he is from Long Island. I don't know. He was Vic Venom. Wow. <laughs> sure. So Vic Venom comes out looking like a lad. He just... Can't even dress up for the occasion. No, he's wearing like a, a, a I can't even say it was a half buttoned up, button down shirt. It had like three buttons done, and it was oversized. So it was like falling off of his shoulders. Bad. Also, like for a man who seemed desperate to be on television in his first run, and swore like I'll never be on TV, which they know. And it's like he doesn't seem excited to be here. No, but it's the work. Brother. But what's the first thing Vince Russo does? Shits on Vince McMahon. Yep. <laughs> But that's what I was saying is I was confused with the like the direction of what Jeff Jarrett was saying because like they come out and immediately start shitting on the other company. So I'm like, oh, so we're all just on the McMahon hate train right now. Yeah. Got it. Well, he goes from that to complaining about the good old boys network. Again. That's why I'm saying like I thought they a was B, you know? Yeah. Well, before he actually complains about the good old boys network, he drops in a, a little new phrase. The new blood was gaining momentum. And it's like, oh, there's that new blood, which Emily has a very large problem with. I do. Just a different crop of the same guys. So he basically whinges, and he's like, the last three months have sucked. You know, Benoit knew, Guerrero knew, Malenko knew, Saturn knew, Douglas knew, which, mm-hmm. that's a that's Funny. a load-bearing line for later in the show. He just names all the guys who left WCW to go to WWF, because they Except all, one they of them knew. hasn't been seen in any other company. Yeah, well. And I'm like, I even wrote, I'm like, Douglas didn't leave. He asked for his release, and he got it. So Russo says the old boys management is over and it's like, yeah, like no more politics backstage. Like, okay. Again, that's what I thought he was talking. I thought he was escaping the politics backstage that WWF has. No, he's complaining about Dash and Hogan. This whole promo makes uh, is entirely different than what I thought was happening. I guess I should have asked you for clarity when it was happening. Yeah, we then get over the over the speakers. Are you done yet? And then some generic rock song hits it's not even his other theme song but eric bischoff comes out looking very gray easy e he's not leather daddy no but i do appreciate this look where he's not trying to hide the gray because there was that there was that period of time where he wasn't an on-screen ca- uh, character but he was like backstage and he'd show up to like break up fights or he was gray then yeah. he was very gray and he looked like a dad here he looks like a dad with style and then when he goes to wwe he, he dyes his hair yeah he goes full black hair yeah I just can't imagine how often he has to dye his hair. Because that is like strong do, gray. Do you're you not remember, doing touch of... Do you remember him getting his head shaved and you yes. saw the roots? Yeah, yeah. you're not doing just for men here. You're you're like spray painting your head. So yeah, great hair and Eric Bischoff comes out. Russo doesn't look happy. But Swerve, bro, they hug. We're besties, Literally, that, that Swerve lasted nine, maybe 90 seconds. 
I think even that's generous. And they're like, they're working together. I'm like, wasn't that the entire point you were mentioning the last two weeks of Nitro? Like, they're going to be together. Right. Wasn't that kind of the goal? Yeah. Like, you're telling me WCW higher-ups are like, we hire these two guys and they're just going to tank the show. Yeah. What did you think? The goal was to get these two on and, like, change the show. Why are we surprised that they're working together? And to kind of mention the, the him going to WWE thing again. When he did that and they did the hug, it was like, holy shit, Vince McMahon and Eric Bischoff, who are known to have issues, right. are on the same page. That's different. Here, it's guys who we kind of assumed were on the same page are. And they're getting along. Wow. Someone call the presses. Eric Bischoff says they have more in common than anyone thought, and because both of them got screwed by the same good old boys network. Like, really puts the stank See, on it. Again, I was thinking they got screwed by WWF because they both worked for Vince. I'm like, Ugh. He's like, we got screwed by the same network. But I don't care. Oh, I'm pretty I sure you do. you do. This is the fifth mention of that shit. It's like, I think you care. They, they care a lot for people who keep saying they don't care. He says he made a lot of mistakes in his previous tenure. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Sting, DDP, and oh yeah, Sid wished he was vicious. Got him. But what was he saying that these are mistakes? That he that he made them, Emily. He's the reason they're all famous. Despite the fact so that half of them were famous before. So he says that his big mistake is making stars. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> but Go his, off, I but guess. But his biggest mistake was Hulk Hogan. And I'm like, okay, I can That's I Yes. Can there. <laughs> I'll take you there. You did put him in the NWO. You did fuck up there, man. That is your fault. Well, I mean, that wasn't the fuck up. It was just continuing that shit. He he started it. That's the catalyst, brother. We then see Lex Luger, DDP, Sid, and Sting watching backstage. Lex Luger, no man's land. Didn't even get shit on in the, the like the, in the mistakes part. No, I think they keep forgetting that he's there. I do. We noted like, oh, I guess Sting and Luger are friends again. Like, there's so many face and heel turns out of nowhere on this show that yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter what the storyline was. It doesn't matter that we haven't watched this show in a yeah. month. It it doesn't matter. Team package is dead. Long live team package. So Eric Bischoff says he's seeing clearly and apologizes to the new blood for basically not pushing them. And it's a whole new WCW. It's a whole new world we live in. So, the okay, I'm just going to get into my new blood frustration now. Okay. He's considering the mid and low card the new blood. Anybody who saying, is basically was not a main eventer before this and Jeff Jarrett. Cor- yeah, what the fuck? Um, yes. New blood to me is new people, not the same people rebranded. You know who I just realized doesn't appear anywhere in the show? Terry Funk. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he was like, yeah, fuck this, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) My horse is sick, I think he's dying. But like, new blood is not old guys. Like, if you want new blood, sign new guys. If you think the problem is the the roster, then change the roster. I think it's just meant to be... I appreciate the... New people in the main event is meant to be And I appreciate him giving the mid to low card more of a push to, like, get them up there. That's great. Don't call them new blood, because it's not new. Emily, this is your reminder that in a few months there's going to be a show called New Blood Rising, and the new blood will not be a thing by then. Excellent. (laughs) So Eric Bischoff asks where the stars are, which prompts them to come out, which apparently this meeting was like invitation only. So it's like, did you invite them and now you're just being obnoxious? Yeah, it was invitation only. They mentioned that at the very beginning. So everybody comes out and a line that got a pop out of you was Eric Bischoff goes, oh, Sid, you're here. What? No softball game? (laughs) It's funny. Glad you showed up for work. 
And for Luger, it was like, what, no round of golf? No lunch with Michael Jordan? I'm like, that just sounds fun. It just sounds like a nice day. <laughs> it just makes Luger sound awesome. Like, oh, I think he has better things to do. Honestly, it's like, wait, you didn't bring Michael Jordan in? What the fuck? Yeah, seriously. You had that connection? You got fucking Carl Malone and uh, Dennis Rodman, but no, uh, no. no Jordan? Fuck him. So Eric Bischoff goes through everybody and basically describes how he made their careers. Except for Sid. He goes to Sid and it's like, yeah, I could break your career too. It's like he had nothing you for had Sid. You had nothing to do with Sid. Sid yeah. is just good. He also says he's going to break them on a level playing field. And then Russo's like, and I have something to add because I guess I didn't get this in earlier. Mm-hmm. Ric Flair's a piece of shit. It's like, wait, wait where the like, fuck did this come from? I had nothing to do with anything we're talking about, Vince, but okay. You're a piece of shit on the bottom of my shoe, and I'm going to scrape you off and flush you down the toilet myself. What was so funny is Brian Nobbs was laughing his head off at this. Yeah. He was like, this is the best shit ever. And in half these shots, Van Hammer is just like right over Russo's shoulder. Yeah. Like- I will say, they are very clearly pushing Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair as the top two stars of this company. And I'm kind of glad we're not going back to Ric Flair and Eric Bischoff. And I'm wondering if we're almost doing that because it's like, we don't know if these two could actually work together again. Yeah. So then Russo says that Jeff Jarrett needs to trust him, and he and Bischoff then vacate all of the titles. Every single title. That is not, strictly speaking, true. Oh, God. There's one title they do not vacate. They just kill off the WCW television title. Oh, okay. They make no mention of this, but that title's gone. Gotcha. Okay, that's fine. Jim Duggan found it in the trash, and now it's gone again. Cool. Didn't lose, didn't lose anybody, just held it for like two months, and then that's it. That's a title that just existed on Thunder, basically, nope. because of Jim Not Duggan. even. Only Saturday night. Saturday night. Oh, God. I mean, before he found it, it was on more shows, but... Yeah. Yeah. But then Jim Duggan found it in the trash, and it was only on the B&C shows. Yeah, you gotta watch Legends House to, to watch some of the matches for that. Yeah. Full review of Legends House up now on our Patreon. Yeah. We didn't get some large Goldberg chance because, again, they've been told he'll be here. I was kind of wondering as this all was happening because, like, they were strong Goldberg chance. Eric Bischoff then asked for Sid's belt, but Sid tells him he can come and take it. And Bischoff's, and Bischoff's like, like, all right. Fine. Yeah, he's like, just punks him out, like, goes up there and he's like, yeah, you can beat me up, but I'm going to, like, I'm going to fire you. And I'll laugh knowing you're unemployed. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know who would take him at this point. It was actually a pretty good promo because he's like, you can hit me and I'll heal. And I'll heal knowing that you are unemployed. I'm like, that's a kind of good promo. It's kind of good, but it, like again, it just makes Sid Vicious look like a bitch. Yeah. yeah. Like, he doesn't look good at any part of this. Because then, Eric Bischoff has his master line. that he oh is, He's had this in the chamber for fucking months. Yeah. What's the matter, Sid? Can't find your scissors? Crickets. Oh, sorry. Crickets. Except for Mark Madden going, wow. Nobody else gave a shit. That was such a huge moment, folks. You should really know what that's about. It and was then, funny. Yeah. And then no one reacts. So he goes, I said, what's the matter? So, like, so I think that um, Sid was pissed at that because his face kind of changed when when Eric said it. Oh, yeah. It was not in the script. No, I think Sid was shoot pissed because he like his face just like minorly shifted and they start like very quickly blinking. Yeah. And I was just like, "Oh, you didn't, you didn't like that." Yeah, apparently that was not in the script. So, oh, you he got, just dropped that you out. Got real mad about that. So Bischoff verbally pushes Sid and makes him look like a little bitch until Sid just gives him the belt. He's like, "Well, see, it's Spring Stampede. We're going to crown a real champion." Right. Again, he didn't win any like screwy way. Like he won it. No. Won it and defended it pretty Fair clean. Fair and square. Yeah. We get more Goldberg chants, and that's just it. Like the segment weirdly ends like ninety seconds after the, getting the belt taken, and then it's like that. That's it. Yeah. Kind of just cuts away. This is an important segment in WWE history, but yeah. 
Motherfucker, it's so self-indulgent. It's so self-indulgent. And there's so many, like, internal jokes that if you're not reading every dirt sheet, you're not watching every episode, you're not, like, reading every magazine article or every, like, whatever is available in 2000. If you don't know every in and out of what's happening in WCW, you're not going to get this. This is not for the viewers. This is for the industry. Yeah, and how the people who, who read the insider stuff either already know and or get annoyed that you keep bringing all this shit up. Right. Right, just let it lie. Back from commercial commentary recaps the last segment, and Mark Madden is just generally annoying. We get Hulk Hogan arriving at the arena as they go to commercial. and um, kind of late, man. You kind of missed a, well, a someone's, big moment. Someone's even later. True. During the commercial, the New Blood congratulated Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo. In Hogan's locker room, Sting goes to Hogan, and I'm like, oh yeah, I guess you guys are friends. Are they? They Remember, Hogan's friends with all the faces. Yeah. Vampiro's the future of the business, brother. Sure. Hogan is completely unaware of anything that happened in, in the first segment. Yes. I'm like, wow, you're a really, really good employee. But luckily, Sting is there to like, you know, kind of give him the rundown of like, they're coming after you, brother. Yeah, he's like, Bischoff was shitting on you. I'm not ribbing you. I'm being dead serious. If this happened. And apparently, Sid also tells him at some point, because later Hogan eventually, like, yeah, Sid told me. It's like, didn't see that one. No. So Hogan is going to go look for Eric Bischoff, and Hogan is going to look for Eric Bischoff everywhere that isn't Eric Bischoff's office. Yeah. And he doesn't ask someone for help until way later. And even then, they can't help him. No. So, Emily, let's go to the, our first of, count them, four matches on this two-hour Nitro. Yeah, this is a very promo-heavy show. Holy shit. Lots of talking. It is DDP with Kimberly versus the Total Package with Elizabeth. DDP makes his entrance, but he gets no pyro and his music gets cut off like mid-entrance. You gotta re-earn it, brother. Yeah. You're a main eventer. You gotta earn your entrances. What? Yeah. Stupid. You know, they're really getting punished because they're in the, the fucking tournament for the world title. Yeah, boohoo. It's the same people in the world title tournament. Yeah. It's not like you're changing that up much. I laugh at them being like, well, Jeff Jarrett's the logical number one contender because he's the U.S. champion. I'm like, what about the guy who was the fucking champion? Right. What? I know oh. it's the heel shit, but like a commentary, they're like, yeah, this makes sense. And I'm like. In what world? Oh, we should know DDP actually has his short hair here. We, we he does. Didn't really he didn't cut his see hair. It. Um, he might have had it two weeks ago, for all we know, but um, he was wearing a hat, so. Oh, he may have, yeah. See, like, this is the DDP I kind of knew going in, and then you killed it for me, because you're like, ah, oh, he's getting ready to stalk The Undertaker's wife, and I'm like, oh, fuck, don't bring that up. <laughs> that's the DDP that I was introduced to. <sighs> Never forget, that's how I first learned of DDP. Wasn't that gimmick? It's part of the reason why I want to make you rewatch the invasion now because I feel like it's going to make you even more angry. I don't want to do that to myself. We need to work on self love in this house. We're going to review some of it. I'm just debating how much is some. I know you. You're going to make me watch all of it again. At least the pay per views. Mm-hmm. So Lex Luger comes out. His pyro music is also cut off. And it's like, oh, they're getting put in their place. They go to do the big um, rip the shirt off and. Miss Elizabeth takes about five years to go rip the shirt off, so they bring up the house lights. I think she knew they were bringing up the house lights, but she didn't realize that there was going to be, like, a grace period of time in between. Yeah, there was a weird delay. So she didn't move in time. Yeah, she's just sitting there, like, pacing back and forth, and I'm like, just do it. You're supposed to go do your thing. I thought they were going to black out and realize they were going to bring the house lights Opposite, up. Opposite, yeah. yeah. I mean, the house lights up kind of ruins the spectacle more than taking turn the lights off. Because that, like, minimizes it. Well, I was joking. I wanted them to, like, cut to backstage that, like, Venus Russo is, like, sewing his clothes into just one piece. So you can't... You, <laughs> you can't you, tear like, away. Yeah, there's no snap buttons. You can't even do it. <laughs> so there's a tournament to see who faces Jeff Jarrett at Spring Stampede. This is the 
depending on how you look at it, this is either the semifinals or the quarterfinals. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's the semifinals to figure out who faces Jeff Jarrett, but it's the quarterfinals for the belt. Right. So there's a match here. Commentary doesn't know it. (laughs) They just talk about all the backstage stuff. And Scott Hudson goes full Twitter reaction to Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan being, like, called out. They're like, oh, he, like... They, like, eviscerated them. They demolished them on the microphone. They'll never be the same. And I'm like... No, they didn't. Yeah, it's fine. It's grand. They're fine in an hour. Yeah. Relax. Your words don't don't hold that much power, guys. We get a swing neckbreaker from DDP followed by a low blow from Lex. DQ? Yeah, there were a lot of low blows in this, in the show. Just, like, that's fine. So later on tonight, the other half of the WWE title tournament kind of thing is... Sting versus Sid Vicious. So the winner of this match is going to face the winner of that match. Right. We actually get some decent back and forth action from these two. I mean, it's a short match, but they kind of give it some some energy. Oh, yeah. It's good energy. It's definitely like chain wrestling, just kind of standard, but like in a good way. I'm not mad about it. And in a spot both of us noticed, kind of weird, they like flash a light at the ring. Then Luger locks in like a triple backbreaker drop and we get Buff Bagwell coming out. And I'm like, did you just like visually cue the wrestlers yes. it's time to do your spot i've never seen that before i've never noticed that until here i wonder if we just if, if it's more subtle elsewhere i don't know we to be fair we, we also get some lack of subtlety throughout this show true so buff's theme hits and he comes out he gets his full entrance and pyro mm-hmm. well he's new blood yeah no he's not i'm pretty sure maybe i'm making it up but i'm pretty sure that Buff has at least wrestled for one of the titles. For the world title. I think he has. I don't... Not on pay-per-view, at least. Okay. Maybe a passing Nitro, but n- never a pay-per-view match. He's always been, like, mid, like main event He's been tier on the cusp for the past Adjacent, year. yeah. So I'm like, are you really new blood? Yeah, but the problem is, every time they get close to him, they're like, oh, here's Scott Sider, just pummel you. Right. So we had a low blow to Luger from DDP, once again, DQ. Yeah, lots of low blows. Buff flirts with Kimberly. She turns him down, so he goes over to Liz. Not so much flirting with Liz. No, no not More so much. More assaults. Yeah, he forcibly kisses Liz at ringside. And then commentary's like, whoa, I think Liz just kissed him. Like, nope, that's not what just happened. Yeah, she did like, like, goes like, please stop. And he like chases her. And they're like, what the fuck? Assault. It's it's sexy. It's 2000. Diamond cutter to Lex Luger and DDP pins Luger, which just prompts Buff to be, to be like, oh, I'm done, and just leaves. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's like, my work here is finished. Good night. Like, the only way this makes sense is, like, somehow DDP joins the New Blood at the end of Spring Stampede. But that wouldn't make any sense for him to join the New Blood? Because isn't the whole point of the New Blood to be the people who aren't in the Millionaire's Club or whatever? That I, I don't expect this to make sense. This is fucking stupid. It's fact, falling apart before our eyes. In fact, Emily, I'll give you I'll tell you straight up. He doesn't join the new blood history stampede. It's fucking stupid. So GDP's music is cut off again, and we cut away quick to uh, Hogan backstage just knocking on some doors. He's just like going door to door. He's not even like aggressive or angry or anything. He's just like knocking not on his door. Not here he's not. Not yet. He's like, just Eric, Bischoff, Bischoff. Just like looking around. Just unmarked door. Nope, not here. Not here. Backstage, Kurt Hennig goes up to Vince Russo and is like, well, hey, you know, we were boys last time you were here. Can I, like, get in this tournament? What the fuck? I've been a main eventer for the last month for some reason. Let me get in this tournament. Yeah. What? (laughs) So Russo agrees, like, all right, I'll have you face Jeff Jarrett, and the winner of your match goes to Spring Stampede. I did kind of think it was silly that both Hulk and Flair were not in this tournament. 
They're both like main eventers. I I don't know what the Kevin Nash too. For getting I mean, in. he's been he's injured, but like he wasn't even considered. Yeah, Hogan and Flair not in this at all. And I don't get it. Yeah, especially if you want to push all this new blood, why are you putting four of the people you don't want in the tournament? Right. I don't know, man. So as for backstage, Hogan still can't find Eric Bischoff, just knocking on more doors, asking random people, you know where Bischoff is? Just people just like sit on the couch, like I don't know. And then we get a uh, Tank Abbott coming out of the ring, or as Mark Batten calls him, David Tank Abbott, which just broke you. His name is David. He- he's David Abbott in the ring now. They also know that Tank Abbott is new blood, and I'm like, no, wait. he's not. I'm like, maybe keep that quiet. Don't have him be the face of this. Oh God. Because <laughs> I think he's the first person they actually verbally say is he's new blood. New yeah. blood, yeah. Every time they give this man a microphone, it's a mistake. Like, I can't tell if he's just that bad or his heart's never in it. I think both. <laughs> because he says he's a shoot fighter. He's he, not some candy-ass wrestler. He doesn't know a wristwatch from a wrist lock. I'm like, don't um, brag about that. That's concerning. Your whole profession is knowing the difference and knowing what a fucking wrist lock is. You're or, a fighter. Or you're just Dave? a person in the world of wrestling. You should know that like a wristwatch is a thing you wear and a fucking wrist lock is a move. You dumb fuck. I just like that's not a good argument for yeah, a, a that, wrestler a, to make. That's something you say about your like opponent, not something you say about yourself. Yes, exactly. It's an insult. It's not a a humbling comment or anything. He's like, I can kick your ass, but I don't know what a wrestling move is. Like, what? Your whole job is being a wrestler. He's also here for one reason. He wants to fight Goldberg. Once again, Goldberg was advertised. Yeah, did Tank not get the memo that he's not here? Well, clearly Tank saw the advertisement and went, This well, is my chance. I'm going to call him out. Yeah, makes sense to me. He's here tonight. So until Goldberg comes out to fight him, he's going to beat up innocent people. He says innocent victims. <laughs> It doesn't matter if it's Mother Teresa. <laughs> Which is a great line. The fuck? <laughs> and, but Emily, uh, far from Mother Teresa, who is Tag Abbott's first victim? Mark motherfucking Madden. We popped so hard. MVP. MVP. <laughs> I, I don't have one. It might be Tag Abbott. Listen, the man can't talk and he's a pain in the ass to watch wrestle. But, but he, he took did, Mark Madden took off commentary. Mark Madden out. My hero. He was like somewhat strips Mark Madden. And then just beats him down in the ring until security stops him. And I'm like, what a great face turn. Oh, it's great. I feel like this a thousand percent should have been Scott Hudson. He's no. He's a little wide-eyed Josh Matthews motherfucker. No. I'm glad that it was Mark Madden. Oh, I'm glad too. But I'm saying, we could tag Abbott over as a heel. Don't have him beat up the obnoxious heel prick commentator. Mm-hmm. So I don't know when the hell we're going to get Goldberg versus Tag Abbott. I doubt it's at Spring Stampede. So yeah, I highly doubt he's Maybe back the next few Slamboree, no. I want to say? Yeah, I figure we're not going to get Goldberg on six days of build no. with no shows in between. Backstage, Jeff Jarrett complains to Vince Russo about having to wrestle tonight. And Russo's like, I have a plan, you dumb fuck. <laughs> you got to trust me. Elsewhere backstage, Kidman and Tori are talking and Tori's like, no, don't do this. And Kidman's like, no, I have to. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Don't Very dramatic. Me. Yeah. I'll have to do something terribly dangerous. Backstage, Hogan still can't fucking find Eric Bischoff. He finally asks an official-looking person. Yes, Terry Taylor. Oh, okay. You will never remember who Terry Taylor is. Never, not once. So he finally asks where Bischoff is, and he's like, yeah, he's in his office. It's right there. Like, oh! Yeah, back from commercial, he finds it, which literally, that couldn't have been a two-minute walk. That had to be like ten seconds. Yeah. And 
Hogan's like, what the hell, brother? I think we're on the same page. Sid and Sting are telling me that you're shitting on me. I'm like, where was Sid in this? But sure. Go off. And Eric Bischoff's like, no, you're crazy. Just Eric openly gaslights him. Just like, come into my office. It'll be fine. This isn't for anybody else here. Just for us. Which, I don't know what the fuck he said. It can't have been anything important. No. Then we go, we go to the arena. Billy Kidman comes out with a microphone. My boy. Kidman says that he's been held down for years and has kept his mouth shut. He has it, though. I mean, relatively. Like, he's not on TV each week bitching. I mean... No, but when but he, when he's been on TV in the last, like, I'd say six months to a year, like, with, um, with Conan and all them, he's not, like, a good guy. He's going against the authority. He is speaking out. He's not just, like... Just he's not where, being Norman Smiley, just, like, playing his role and sitting back. Those where Kidman doesn't cut promos, so it's like... Well, no, but it's still, like... Intent behind the action, you know? Yeah. But there's one man that Billy Kidman wants to address, and that's Hulk Hogan. And we're like, oh, fuck. I am here for Billy calling out Hogan. Yeah, because Kidman like, notes, like, yeah, you go to, go to all these fucking radio interviews and shit on me. Your turn, brother. Kidman says that he has two things that Hogan will never have, heart and talent. Goddamn right. Listen, I- Billy Kidman can wrestle circles around Hulk Hogan, and that is not even a question to be argued. And you, say, and you say that Billy Kidman can't draw flies? Well, who would know better about drawing flies than a pile of shit like you, Hogan? And I'm like, oh, fuck! Lay into him. I love it. So Kidman then actually calls out Hogan, who emerges from the Bischoff office and, like, only hears after that. Yeah. Didn't hear any of the previous stuff. And, like, doesn't even act like, oh, he was in Bischoff's office and heard it. And he's like, well, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like, he didn't even say anything all that scathing after that. No. No. So Hogan's music hits. We noted he had one wrist taped, and I'm like, what's that for, Hulk? This man's gonna do something. What do you got under that tape? Could it be a razor? So Hogan grabs a mic and is like, who the hell do you think you are? If he didn't say the name Kidman after it, I would have believed that Hogan didn't know who this guy was. (laughs) Because he said, who the hell do you think you are, Kidman? Well, if he fair, didn't say Kidman, I'd be like, you don't know who this is. Well, I mean, he has been burying Kidman by name on I guess Twitter, that's true. So. Hogan says that Kidman's been crying for months. You give the young guys a bad name, dude. I don't think he does. Kidman then says that Hogan's run is over. And uh, Hogan says that if Kidman was in Hogan's league, he'd know how this business worked, brother. Maybe if you weren't so pee-whipped... He called him fucking pussy which whip, is, bro. Which is fucking the, the cue for, for Kidman to teeing off on Hogan. It's like, oh, wait. You talk about line, my woman. Right. He's going to defend his lady. Yeah, so Hogan then dodges a dive from Kidman who crashes into the barricade. And that's literally it for Kidman offense in this segment. Yeah, seriously. He did not do very well. No, he runs Kidman into the ring post and then just beats him down. It's so frustrating because, like, we know that Billy can do better than this. Yeah. We know that Billy can turn it on and fuck this day, this guy's day up. Like, yeah. we kn- it is known, and we don't get that. Because, of course, we don't. Because it's Hogan. Of yeah. course, like, Hogan gets back that. on the mic to be like, that all you fucking got, you loser. It's yeah. like, the- You're already fucking burying him. You don't have to do it verbally, too. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. So, basically, Kidman's only offense was a sneak attack, and then it's like, well, he can't hang with Hogan, clearly. Right. So, we then get Eric Bischoff coming out with a chair. And he winds up on this chair shot to hit Hogan for about two full minutes. Yeah, it's very cartoony where he's just like holding the chair and just like winding it up in his hands like, oh, I'm going to get you. So he hits Hogan with a chair and then Kidman covers Hogan and we get like a non-match pin of Billy Kidman pinning Hulk Hogan. Yeah. 
And uh, we then see that Hogan is bleeding. So, do you want to share what you discovered in this? So, yeah. So, I guess we should know because it comes up in like 90 seconds. They show a replay of this and you very much see Hogan knock Kidman down and then like fully like hand across the, the, the forehead before he turns around. Like... They show the relay multiple times. It's very clear, like that. You can see the exact blade spot. If you don't know what you're looking for, it can be played off as oh, he's wiping sweat away from his brow. But once you know what you're looking at, it's so unbelievably obvious. Yeah, like even when they did the shot the first time, my brain like kind of subconsciously, like, oh, he kind of touched his head there. Yeah, but in like, the slow mo replays, like, you literally see him like drag his hand across mm-hmm. his forehead, and I'm like. He does it quickly, yeah. but not subtly. Yeah, and the fact that he had the one wrist, I'm like, oh, well, that's where the blade was. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so we're clearly setting up for Billy Kidman versus Hulk Hogan. How are you feeling about that? I'm ready. As long as it's, like, Billy at his peak, like, actually wrestling and trying, I'm in. See, now I'm sad Kidman's gotten rid of the shooting star press. I want to see him fucking hit that where his oh. knee just, like, caves in Hogan's skull. Yes, I'd be down for that. I hope it's good. I'm excited for it. I'm I'm worried. This is how you push your mid card. You get people like Billy Kidman against people like Hulk Hogan. Wait, so you're saying you have the established stars elevate the younger talent? Yes. That actually does work. I I don't know about that. I I think you should try it. I'd have to ask it. Sting. I don't think that would ever work. <laughs> Well, speaking of people who got Sting over, backstage, Ric Flair is here, <laughs> finally. and You're a little late, dude. <laughs> he has his line. Just talking to the camera, like, oh, what's going on tonight? A lot. You missed a lot. You go backstage, Hulk Hogan is just throwing road cases everywhere. Man's on a rampage. Like, a little too irrationally. Like, the, the road cases are just, like, on the side of the hallway. It's like, yeah, it's a little uh, I feel like you'd be faster rampage. defining who you were trying to attack if you just went straight and didn't stop at every road case. Yeah. He is covered in blood, though. Like, yeah. more than he was well, in He's wearing a white t-shirt, we should know. Oh, yeah. I mean... That was your clue. Like, oh, Once blading. you pointed out the wristband, I was like, oh, and he's wearing a fucking white t-shirt. Of course he's got a blade. Of course he is. It's going to look great. Ric Flair is backstage watching part of the intro promo, which... He is and he's not. The, the The video for that doesn't, like, pop in until, like, halfway through him watching. It's just the audio for the first bit. I am le- I am choosing to believe that he showed up late, watched the opening p- promo in its entirety, and then went out to the ring. Oh. I am, That's how I'm choosing to oh, no, I'm understand sa- that. I'm saying where you could see this, the monitor he was actively watching, it was like a still image of something else until halfway through... Oh. Him watching. Oh, well. But the audio was there the whole time, so it's like clearly it's some sort of error. Yeah, whatever. So yeah, it's unclear how much Ric Flair knows about the activities tonight. Based on what he says later, I'm presuming that he watched the whole thing. Well, his music hits. He gets a nice pop coming out. Like, he's he just gets, a face now. He Fuck team package. He's now a good guy. He gets the full entrance. Yes. He gets <laughs> I, music I didn't know this till later, but yeah. Millionaire's Club. Um, he still gets his full entrance here. This is really just becoming fuck DDP and fuck Lex Luger. Yeah. Like... No one else got that treatment. So Flair calls out Russo, and uh, when he mentions the phrase WWF, they, like, drop the audio out. It's like, what the fuck? It's like a curse word. Flair's in full face mode here, talking about John Elway and, um, oh, God, I forget who he said the new quarterback was. Oh, I don't remember. But yeah, just, like, you know, hyping up the local crowd. He's incredibly rambly here. I have, like, yes. no notes on he what really he actually is. says. It just kind of seems like he's waiting for somebody to come cut him off. Yeah. He was very rambly. He called out Russo. He said that Bischoff at least had the guts to walk up to Sid. He also puts over Hogan, Sting, and DDP. And I'm like, don't you hate all those guys? Yeah. And again, it doesn't matter what happened before. 
Our storyline started today. Yeah, it was good to hear Flair rule out a feud with Eric Bischoff. Like, no, we're not doing that again. Yeah, really. Uh, he calls out Russo, but instead we get Steinerized playing, and Scott Steiner comes out. Steinerized. Scott Steiner comes out, and I'm like, this will get things back on track. I and, didn't really understand why Scott Steiner's the one that came out, not Russo. Well, Steiner comes out because Steiner got suspended a few months ago for shitting on Ric Flair because he just started shooting on him. Steiner's response to that is to make fun of Ric Flair's teeth. <laughs> and then says that everyone at WWF, besides one guy, because that is true, came through here beforehand and is now like a world champion. Who is he referring to? The Rock. The, guy? Oh. the Rock's the only guy that you know, it's like, oh yeah, he definitely was never in WWF. I guess that's true. I think, he, like, only one I can think of, I'm like, was he there at any point? Would it have been Undertaker? But I mean, mean, mean Mark Calloway was all over the fucking place. Mm. Yeah, because Triple H definitely was. Steve Austin definitely was. Yeah, wow. But I'm trying to think of like, yeah, guys who were like potential stars in WCW or WWF. It's like, yeah, it's Austin and it's Triple H and then the Radicals and all that. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know. I don't look at Kane Undertaker going, oh man, you guys really had something you missed. Yeah, that's true. But Steiner says that they're only WWF because Flair held them down. And then Steiner says that like, I know you can't be on my physical or like genetic or, you know, wrestling talent level. So I'm going to come down to yours, a white trash. And he goes into his pocket, pulls out some fake teeth. How long have these fake teeth been I don't in? Oh, man. It was very bizarre, but you're right. How long has he had that gimmick prepared? How long has he had those teeth? Did he see them in some kind of store and was like, there's going to come a moment? So he mocks Flair for a little bit, and then we get Shane Douglas coming out of nowhere, out of nowhere. and attacking, making his big return to attacking Flair. Oh, God. I, of all the people that I wanted to return, Shane Douglas was not on the list. Commentary's like, he doesn't work here anymore. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, they're not wrong. And as he's getting beat down, Steiner's still in the mic being like, you white trash piece of shit. And it's then like, it's cut away. Yeah. Well, security is like, oh, uh, get, get, get Douglas out of here. He doesn't work here. It's fine. Keep that in mind for um, five minutes from now. Oh, I can't wait. Backstage, we get Big Sexy showing up on crutches. Yeah, I guess I was looking down because I missed this part, but I did not miss the next part. Well, we cut to a very dark shot of like Bret Hart. Incredibly dark to shot. Where like you're like, I think that's Bret Hart. I'm like, I fucking think you're right. And then he came back from commercial and it was like, Oh no, no that was They that lit was. him after commercial. Yeah. Yeah, he's just sitting in the crowd. Like he like it looks like he bought a general admission seat. <laughs> Scott Hudson says, He's been gone the better part of five months. I'm like, three, but okay. So what he said is not technically inaccurate. The better part of five. That's, no, that's not accurate. Three months is the majority of five months. Three months is a majority out of five months. He's not <laughs> if wrong. I, if I pulled this, you'd be you'd be calling bullshit. He's not wrong. It is bullshit, but he's not wrong. Yeah, he's been gone for three months. <laughs> now, uh, this was not the original plan for Bret Hart. Okay. The original plan is they wanted Bret Hart. They wanted to get cut to a shot of Bret Hart up in the rafters. <laughs> that would not have gone over well. Can yeah? Can you figure out why Bret said no to that? <laughs> I cannot believe that was even pitched. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah, nobody thought to no not. No one thought that through. Not one person was like, maybe a sensitive subject. Maybe we don't do that. Like, come on, guys. Uh, we'll still get an incredibly that sensitive. That was less than a year ago. We'll still get an incredibly sensitive O moment on one of the pay-per-views upcoming. Excellent. I think it's Slamboree. Oh, God. Also, mystery man up in the rafters. We've already done that. That, yeah. That, that's old news at this point. I mean, I'm sure no company will ever do that again. No, never. So Tony Shavai notes, let's go to Mean Gene. Cut to Flair looking for Shane Douglas. He's like, all right, well, now let's go to Mean Gene. Cut to Mean Gene. It's like, 
Shane Douglas, you piece of shit. What the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> Fucking Gene's on one He's here. He's leaning in to Shane Douglas. He's so disappointed. Okay, well, because Douglas is, you know, fighting with his boy. Yeah. <laughs> Whose man's is this? It's Come Gene's get man's. your man's. So Douglas says that Flair has made a mockery of this sport, and now Flair has been franchised. He also notes that he's hated Flair since day one, which we should note later. Tony Schiavone has a line that it's like, yeah, we used to listen to Shane Douglas and other promotions shitting on Ric Flair. We never knew why. Yep. Like, yep. Welcome to the party, pal. Yep. Figure it out. So, yeah, Gene is having none of Douglas. and He's then, so angry about Douglas being there. And Douglas is like, you can kiss my ass. <laughs> I love Gene just being fucking full of piss and vinegar here. He's so angry. Like, he's like... How dare you, you know, take the name of this company into a mockery, you know? So, Emily, we are um, a solid bit into this episode. You want to go to match number two? Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's Sting versus Sid Vicious. But, yeah, I'm not counting Billy Kidman pinning Hulk Hogan as a, as a match. No, or um, Tank taking down Mark, Mark Madden. Well, like, one of them actually had a pin. That's why I'm saying. Yeah, valid. And again, most tag Abbott matches just end by knockout. So. Yeah, he's not a wrestler. So yeah, but Sting versus Sid Vicious. Um, both of these men get their music and Sid even gets pyro. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. This is just fuck you, DDP. Fuck you, Luger. They just got tired of it halfway through. That's why, like, that gimmick of we're not giving the main eventers all their, their entrance and stuff because they have to earn it. That didn't last past the first commercial break. Honestly, you're losing money. Just cut the pyro in general. I mean, yeah. So Sting is working in fast forward for most of this match. Clothesline Sid to the floor. You get a low blow to Sting. DQ? Nope, it's fine. The crowd is like hot for this Oh yeah, match, I mean, the, the matches they get are the major stars. Oh yeah, and they're working well. You had an issue with them both being face versus face. Yeah, but, both. Well, I say that, but Sid was definitely working heel. In this he match. was. I thought that I was noticing that, but I didn't want to call it out in case I was wrong. Well, he was working heel, and then also at one point we tried to wave on Sid. Like you see him mouthing Sid, 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 like oh. trying to get the chant. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Pick a side. I did think that he was being kind of heelish, but again, I didn't want to like be wrong. No, yeah, I mean, I didn't want to be wrong. Based on everything, he like presenting him as a face with no turn, and in this match, he's wrestling as a heel. I mean. Usually in a face versus face, someone ends up working a little more heelish, but he kind of really embraced that. Regardless of who was heel and who's, who was facing this, this was still just a good match. Sid throws Sting around ringside, back in the ring, Sting hits a face buster, but Sid gets his knees up on a splash and then is really taunting the crowd. Cobra clutch to Sting, Sting tries to escape, so Sid just turns that into a slam, and I'm like, no, I like that, as opposed to like, yeah. he might eek out, like, nope, just I'll break this mission with me throwing you down. It's no um, SmackDown versus Raw. Oh, I think he was losing his grip there, Cole. No. Sting fires up, and they and they hit a double clothesline. Both men are down. We then get the wall and his new dyed hair coming out. Oh, yeah. It is a fresh dye job. He's not blonde anymore. He's got, like, brown hair, I think is what he's going for. It's, it's to it's match not, his table. It's not good. So he comes out with a table over his head. We get a spot that you really liked. Of Sting goes to pin Sid and gets, like, press slammed out of the pin and lands on the referee like super clean but one of the best versions i've seen it's of that so clean he gets press slammed out and lands perfectly on top of the referee like it is so well executed that was like fuck yeah that was good we get a stinger splash but he misses the second one sid then hits his power bomb on the stinger but the wall then comes in hits a chair shot on sid brings him to the outside 
hits a sad choke slam to Sid through the table at ringside. That table, you could like lightly blow air on it and it would have crumbled. You didn't need any power behind that. Referee Nick Patrick gets up, sees Sid laying through a table, and is like, yeah, I'll count him out. It's yeah, like, what? what the f- there was obviously interference, but okay, that's fine. Go ahead. It's not quite as bad as Kevin Ash going, no, look, see, he's through a table. I powerbombed him. But this, like, should have been a no contest. Like, although should've. clearly there were shenanigans. Yeah. So Sting, again. Yeah, Sting wins by DQ, and commentary's like, oh, we've had two matches and both of that outside interference. Once again, the wall ruins what could have been a good match. Later on tonight, we're going to have Sting versus DDP to advance to Spring Stampede. They cut the commentary, and they flat out say, like, yeah, we have no idea what's going to happen throughout this show. That doesn't really instill confidence. And that's not even, like, fun chaos either. It's more just, like, you guys have a pretty severe communication problem. Well, they're trying to sell it as, like, normally we'd say later in the night we have this, but we don't know what. I'm like, well, you actually do know two of the matches you have upcoming, so. Yeah. You know at least something. I will say, at least throughout the course of the broadcast, this show does have more advertised matches than December to December did. Yeah, that's true. Because they they had two in that one? They had two. Jesus. Like, they didn't even bother teasing anything for, like, coming up later. Yeah. You know, Ric Flair just suddenly in the ring is like, all right, Shane Douglas, you made your point and you also pissed me off. So I'm going to fight you tonight. And then he just shit talks Russo. And like, okay, cool. I guess we have a match later of Flair versus Shane Douglas. Okay. Like, I don't know why this needed to be in ring. Like, Have him go to Gene. Do the weed. Yeah, do, do the it. mean woo by God Gene. I don't think this needed a mean woo by God Gene, but this did not need to come into the ring. No. Backstage, Hogan is still running wild and just attacks three count. Where's Bischoff? We don't know. Beats him up. Like, what he's the still fuck? on just like such a but roided only two out. Of three count. He's still on such a roided out tirade backstage. Tony Giovanni throws to a video package for the premiere of Ready to Rumble, which bombed. <laughs> Number five or six of the box office for the weekend. Mm. I mean, it was cool. We were talking about this um, potential like premiere party. Yeah, at the, outside the Chinese theater. Yeah, so I'm glad we got to see some footage from it. Yeah, this was the only footage I could find, and I figured we'd talk about it here, so yeah. it wasn't worth bringing up other thing. I mean, it wasn't much, but I'm glad we got something. Yeah, so... It actually looked like a pretty cool event. There were two things of note from this. You tell me if there, you, you kind of noted anything else. Uh, one was, did you catch for a split second Sable appearing in this video no. package? Oh, yeah. She's there for, like, one line. Oh. And uh, David Arquette hit a guitar shot on Jeff Jarrett. Yes. I I'm sure that, that will come up at a later date. Oh, good. Can't wait. Well, speaking of Jeff Jarrett, let's go to his match. Match number three. God, we did, like, match and then almost immediately a match? What's happening this I know. Company? This is bizarre. We didn't have, like, seven promos in between? It's Jeff Jarrett versus Kurt Hennig for, uh, I guess, to advance to the finals of this tournament for the title. I don't know. Yeah. And I will note, I accidentally lied last Nitro because Jeff Jarrett does still have an NWO logo on the back of his shirt. You yes. have to look so closely. It's very subtle. There's also still him in the NWO shirt on his Titan Tron, but there's no NWO music or no. sting. There's not even like the Cho Cho Chosen one. It's no, just, thank wow. God. So I'm happy for that. Yeah. So yeah, um, until, until we get to 2002, Emily, we're done with the NWO. 2002 feels like so far away. Yeah. And we're going to speed through 2001 a little bit, so. Oh, God. You say that. We'll find ways. Jeff Jarrett attacks Kurt Hennig mid-entrance. Scott Hudson on commentary is like, well, I've been told that Hulk Hogan's been told that Eric Bischoff is up in the skybox. He's not. Yeah. Why did we even get told that? I don't know. 
It was just a straight up lie. And he, I, they also mentioned that like this is a new arena. There's skyboxes everywhere. He have to. It would take him forever to look through all the skyboxes. Was it? And it's just not there. Is it literally just like they got paid a little bit extra to like go show the skybox? How luxurious it is. is. They they have they mentioned like three times during this broadcast like the Pepsi Center, a brand new arena. Look at all the amenities. Like I wonder. Maybe this match is where I noticed the um, as part of the new set. I mean, there's the the blue ring apron with the big nitro logo in the middle, but there's also like flame decals on the mats at ringside yeah. and, I'm like, and going up the ramp. I'm like this is so lame. It's pretty lame. It's it's Hot Wheels is what it is. It is kind of Hot Wheels esque. It's just lame. I don't know. It looks like you ha- you found mats backstage. You're like, well, these will do. You bought mats used. They're like, well, we'll oh, see this. Oh, they have flames on them. We'll figure it out. So they brawl around ringside. Jarrett drops Hennig neck first onto the ropes and then works him over in the ring. You get a 10-punch spot from Jeff Jarrett as they trade hard, messy shots. Like, it's not just clunky, but they it fucking is. throw some hands at each other. Honestly, none of the matches that were, like, actually on a card tonight have been bad. Like, they all feel pretty good energy, like, good back and forth. Like, nothing has been stinker. Well, how could this match be bad? Because we get a Glargay sleeper, Emily, with no noise, but still. You can't really call it a Glargay sleeper then, can you? Oh, we had a phrase for it. It's like a Glargish. <laughs> so then we get a knockoff of the old Mr. Perfect theme. I'm like, oh, good. Jimmy Hart's still employed. Uh, <laughs> At least getting royalties. And we get Sean Stasiak coming out. So I've heard this name. I have no idea who the fuck this man is. Yeah, so... He is the son of one of the old-time WWF champions. WWF? Yeah. Oh, shit. Before they dropped one, yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's like, I think Bruno San Martino beat him for that first title reign. Oh, shit. Maybe he's after... Yeah, it's one of... He's he's older. This is this, is this guy's father. Yes. Gotcha. This is not him. Okay. And um, Sean Stasiak, who they flat out say, ah, he was meat in WWF. Do you have the character of Meat? No. He was the, like, borderline male sex slave of PMS. I've, I know. I remember PMS. I don't remember They had Meat who they all, they all just took turns on. Mm-mm. Sean Stasiak was fired because he was recording backstage conversations on, like, a talk boy, <laughs> which apparently was for a rib, and then they found out, they're like, fuck you, and fired him. <laughs> Well, when you make him a character called Meat and just have him be like, you know, a sex slave to these girls, and yeah, fuck you. Fuck you right back. He debuts. He used to be Meat. Maybe highlight how he comes from a proud lineage as opposed to, right. he was Meat. There are other things to be talking about. <laughs> the, my man's got laid a lot. <laughs> yeah, he comes out to the Mr. Perfect theme, and he's clearly doing a Mr. Perfect gimmick because he has the, the towel, and he goes to do the spit out the gum and slap it gimmick, and he's spits the gum like three feet forward and is he like misses oh fuck it. and like I think he clips it but like he clips it he does not it's get a not clean, clean smack yeah. it's like oh buddy it's quite disappointing we then get a ref bump and Stasiak gets in the ring and goes to hit some sort of move on Kurt Hennig and the dude looks like a fucking giraffe being born in the middle <laughs> of this move Oh, big shaky legs. So he's trying to do like, is that a superplex? Kind no, of? Superplex is from the corner. I don't know what he was going for because he went to go get Colonel Henning up on his shoulders and he only gets him up to like his hips and it's like, fuck, fuck, yeah. fuck, fuck. We're live, It was pal. very concerning. Uh, yeah, we, we didn't think that he, I, well, personally, I didn't think that he was going to make it through that move. I thought that Kurt was going to get hurt or dropped yeah. or something. So he hits a slam of some sort. Uh, referee comes back up. Jeff Jarrett hits the stroke, pins Kurt Henning. So he's still going to the pay-per-view. 
We'll see what happens with Sean Stasiak, because that was not a great first showing. Oh, and once he comes back, it's not a great showing for, me, for him either. So I have very low hopes for Mr. No, Stasiak. yeah. And I have even lower hopes for me being able to properly spell Stasiak in my notes each time. How did you spell it? I, I, think, I'm, I think I'm inconsistent, so don't ask. I spelled ask. it S-T-A-S-I-A-K. I spelled it three different ways. Oh, good. Good job. Uh, this is where Tony points out, we had three matches. Every one of them ended in outside interference. It's like, stop Tony, highlighting stop. it. We know. We got a Hulk Hogan in the in the new luxurious skybox in the Pepsi Center. And he's just ready to fight some fans. Yeah, there's like children in this box. Yeah, come to the Pepsi Center. Hulk Hogan's going to bloodily fight you. Yeah, he is still covered in blood. Don't forget. Yeah, Eric Bischoff's not there. We then see Ric Flair is headed to the ring next for his impromptu match. Elsewhere backstage, we get Kevin Nash on the phone with a mystery person. He's like, are you here? Are you coming? You yeah, should like, get here. Yeah. We then get Mean Gene with the Stinger. Sting says that he that he is loyalty and he's coming after Jeff Jarrett and he's no longer company man because basically Eric Bischoff's a piece of shit. Well, yeah. It's well, like, he, I've been doing this longer than you think you invented me, so. Yeah, that's valid. Valid yeah. and true. But he's no longer company man because it's showtime. He's going after your golden boy. Let's go to our actual fourth match tonight. I did miscount because this is this is an impromptu match, and it doesn't feel like a match through most of it. No, it just feels like a fight. It only feels like a match because of the finish. But it's Ric Flair versus the franchise, the French fries, Shane Douglas. Why is he? I don't. I've never liked him calling himself the franchise. He's never been big enough to be considered like. The franchise face. He's he was not big in the early there. days of ECW. Is kind of where ECW sure, but where that never came from. here. Never in WCW. Yeah, he came here immediately, broke his arm, and then was nothing for months. So Flair like speeds out of the ring. He gets pyro, doesn't even note it. I'm like, he gets a full show. I thought you guys hated Ric Flair. Nope, they just hate DDP. Flair then takes off his watch and goes to put it in the corner. One of the PAs is like, "I'll take your watch," and he's like. No, it's for a spot. Leave it over here. Yeah, so the camera is like zooming in on the watch as this poor girl is well, just he, trying to be helpful. Well, he goes to drop it, like drops it, like he, she, she like misses the catch. And I'm like, wow, you fucking clumsy bitch. So, oh, no, he's saying, no, leave this. Yeah. So both are in street clothes and trade shots. Douglas throws Flair to ringside and they go back and forth. They're hitting each other pretty hard. They are, yeah. Flair goes to rip Shane's shirt open to chop him, but he's wearing a t-shirt underneath. It's like, oh, that's disappointing. Low blow to Douglas. DQ. I feel like low blows just aren't DQs in this new world because there's been a DQ in like almost every match. Well, we've seen chair shots not be DQs, but... I know, but it's been in every match tonight where there has been a low blow. And like, it's not like we're doing it behind our ref's back or anything. Post low blow, Flair strips the shirt off of uh, Shane Douglas to hit chops. Good. We then get a low blow to Flair. Once again, DQ. But after that, Flair regroups with an eye rake to Douglas. More hard chops to Douglas and then multiple right hands to the head. Around here, we actually get Tony coining the phrase the Millionaire's Club. Yeah, this is the first time we actually hear that. So who is in the Millionaire's Club? <sighs> Hogan, Flair, Luger, Sid, Sting, DDP, maybe Terry Funk when he comes around? I don't it's feel like, like Terry Funk would be it's in the six, It's Club. like six guys against the whole fucking roster. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, Kimberly and Elizabeth. Ugh. Fucking Jimmy Hart's probably going to be in there somehow. <laughs> We then get Vince Russo coming out, and he hits Flair with a baseball bat for a DQ. Yep. You're running the company. Why are you DQing? Also, I got the vibe this is no DQ match. That's kind of like, there was no counts on the outside. I don't really know. I guess they didn't want to have Shane Douglas pin Ric Flair. Yeah, that's probably what it is, actually. 
You can have your match, but you don't get to win. So they both hit bat shots on Flair, and then Russo does crotch chops over Flair. Like, a lot. He does a lot of crotch shots. Not even, like, a fun DX way, just in, like, a I have a penis way. But then get Russo stealing Ric Flair's watch. I did like that. I think that he took his wallet. appropriate. Russo and Douglas head to the back as Flair is knocked out, and, um... Yeah, I we're definitely get a lot more of Shane Douglas and Ric Flair. I mean, yeah. that's a match I don't think they had ever done before. No, because who fucking cares? Well, he's been calling them out from from afar for years, and also his arm has been broken for two and a half years. Not that long. It feels like it. No, his arm was broken, and then he got suspended. Right. In our next segment, we get Kevin Nash heading to the ring on some crutches to the Wolfpack theme. It is kind of nice to see Kevin Nash again. Yeah, he really did. he's technically the commissioner. Technically, still? This is Reboot. I don't think he is. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those words. They never said he wasn't the commissioner. I don't think he is. So, he gets in the ring, has a mic. Big Sexy is in the... House. Nash says that we've got a couple of jag-offs deciding whose career they're going to make and whose they're going to break. Mm-hmm. They also want to play wrestler and attack the boys. <laughs> I could go the rest of my life without hearing Kevin Nash cut a promo about the boys. What about that... Uh. What happened to that sweet little wrestling show? Well, did you note who his, like, the epitome of the wrestling show was? No. Where's the dog when you need him? Yeah, was he talking about, like, Rick, yes. Bla- Rick Steiner? No. The dog, Emily. Oh, the dog. Oh, no. no his no, old no. tag team partner, Al Green. Absolutely not. Yeah. I heard him say that, but I didn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, the dog was not in our, uh, in our talent meeting earlier, and I was happy with no. that. I was ready for you to call me out during that segment and be like, well, here's Brian Nobbs. He said he wouldn't see him again. <laughs> and I'm like, look, I said what I said about batches. But yeah, I could go the rest of our time watching the show without hearing the word wrestling for a while. It was fun when like you and I were saying it. Yeah. But then it just became so overdone on this show that I'm like, shut up. Nash notes that he was on the phone earlier with Scott Hall. He's straight, he's sober, and he's in a bad mood. I doubt one of those things. Well, you think he's in a good mood? Yeah. Oh. Bad guys are always in a good mood. Nash then takes credit for Russo and Eric Bischoff, and he starts shooting. Oh, yeah. Commentary is like, oh, we're shooting tonight. Oh, Shut he, up. he was already like being a little shooty, and then commentary is like, we're shooting, folks. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, guys. When you call it out, it's a lot less fun. Yeah, because part of his shooting is like, Russo, we protected you from like Shawn Michaels being a fucking maniac. And like, right. Well, I called out your friend there. All right. Yeah, right. I think Sean's still in a really bad spot here in 2000. Yeah, I don't think he's on TV. No, they really don't want him on TV. Although he will be the Iron Man referee for in a couple weeks. But okay. even then, he's uh, wearing those really teeny tiny shorts where he's smuggling bananas. <laughs> so Nash calls out Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo and is like, you know, bring your balls down to the ring to fight me. And we get a debut attacking Kevin Nash. It's my boy, Mike Awesome. ECW champion, Mike Awesome. You were a little too excited for this, for the quality that we received. He's rocking the fanny pack, Emily. Yes, we do get the fanny pack. But was it everything that you wanted it to be? (sighs) Baby. um, Yeah, no. I don't know if I can hit it as flat as he did. I might need to just drop it in. I just should. But he's like, this opportunity was too sweet. Yeah. You know that I think I'm too on pitch. I think you gave too much to it. I think you should just drop it in. You know what? Yeah, here it is. There's just nothing to it. There's no heart behind it. I need to um, do a little adapted version of a Godfather meme. Oh, God. Look how they're going to massacre my boy. 
I love Mike Awesome. Mike Awesome is going to have a horrific run in WCW. Yeah. Emily, you I believe have, that. You have no idea. To the point where yeah. I could tell you all of it, but I just want you to live it because oh, no. Mike Awesome is going to have like three gimmicks that you're like, what the actual fuck is this? Oh, no. But Mike Awesome, as mentioned, is the ECW champion. Currently. And we mentioned that on the last ECW show as well. Not December to Dismember. Yes, not not that one, not 2006. No, Living Dangerously in 2000. Yes, that's what it was. So, let's talk about ECW champion Mike Awesome. Oh, let's. Because Mike Awesome um, got offered a contract by WSW because WSW at this point was just like, fuck it, we're just going to offer almost everybody in ECW contracts. Oh, okay. Because they're all working on weird agreements and so... We're not violating anything if we just raid your roster because they're not actually under contract. They're on, they're on handshake. So Mike Awesome was owed a good handful of money by Paul Heyman and decided to jump ship. Okay. So it started on Thursday okay. before this show. Mike Awesome called in and was like, oh, fuck, my flight got canceled. I can't make the show. Okay. Like the first show he ever missed for ECW. So everyone was like, okay, nothing suspicious here. Sure. He then called out of the Friday show saying that he missed his flight got canceled again. Interesting. On Saturday, I don't know if he, for the TV taping, I don't know if he was there or what, but Paul Heyman was apparently there with a signed contract from Mike Awesome. And Mike Awesome's like, I never signed any fucking contract. What is this bullshit? Did they forge a contract? We have no idea of knowing at this point. Again, Mike Awesome has been deceased for 17 years at this point. We'll never know. And Paul Heyman's not exactly known for telling the truth. <laughs> That's fair. So his, do I love him, though? So apparently his contract that Paul Heyman had had at least two years left on it. Oh, shit. But he had missed some payments, so you never know how that affects sure. contracts being voided. And additionally, with the missing the flights and all that, no one was really all that suspicious until Bubba the Love Sponge, friend of Hulk Hogan, went on his radio show and was like, I have word Mike Awesome is going to WCW. Oh, shit. You dumb fuck. Everything was fine until you opened your mouth. Yep. So the resolution of this is that WCW paid ECW like a low six-figure sum to have Mike Awesome appear on television. Okay. He could not appear with the ECW championship, which might as well be called the Medusa Clause. Oh, sure. Part of the agreement was that WCW was supposed to promote the upcoming ECW show. Did you catch them doing that at any point? WCW was supposed to promote ECW? During this, they were meant to mention some ECW show upcoming. Never. Yep. (laughs) No chance. They apparently mentioned something in passing where I didn't even note it. I doubt that. And apparently Awesome wasn't supposed to talk, and I'm like, yeah, that might have been good advice. Yeah. I feel like more people should follow that advice, so, especially in this industry. Yeah. So the resolution to all of this is that Mike Awesome ends up dropping the title to Taz, of all people. Right. Who is a WWF contracted performer. Oh. Yeah. He, I mean, he... Yeah, yeah we, he left We earlier. saw the WrestleMania. He's yeah. on WWF, yeah. He so drops he to Taz. To some weird agreement. I don't know what, but... Okay. Um, yeah, so it is a WCW wrestler holding the ECW championship, dropping it to a WWF wrestler in an ECW arena. What the fuck? Yeah, it's a weird one. And um, Taz actually did an interview about this and was like, 
extremely cordial and measured about this. Yeah. It's one of those where it's like, look, him going there is good for his, fa- like, good for him and his family. Like, mm-hmm. wish he had kind of dropped it the right way. Like, I don't have any ill will towards Mike. Like, yeah, whatever. And um, so yeah, Taz wins the ECW Championship, drops to Tommy Dreamer, who then mm-hmm. um, drops it twenty minutes later. Just nice. incredible. <laughs> nice. So what was the fucking point? Well, it's one of those where they. It's just become a running joke in ECW about Tommy Draper not actually being able to win the big one. Anytime he does, he loses like an hour later. <laughs> it does feel like the main reason they kind of signed him is he's ECW champion and now he's not. And it's like, eh. Yeah. I love Mike Awesome, but it does seem like that's the main draw they had for him here. Because they, weirdly enough, earlier talk about Shane Douglas. Like, we've heard him talk in other promotions. And here they flat out say the ECW champion. Yeah. I mean, they say WWF earlier on in the show, too. Well, they cut it, but then yeah. Scott Hudson says it later, and it isn't censored. So, I don't know. They're weird about mentioning other shows. Yeah, but they're not not doing it. All that said, I am excited to see my boy, but <laughs> I'm... I'm You're excited to watch him suffer. Oh, man. I'm hoping there are some some good moments in the pile of shit I know is yeah. coming. Some golden flies on that pile of shit. I'm hopeful for you, baby. God, speaking of fucking piles of shit. Oh, God, Emily. We're back, baby. All right, so we have two bits to talk about in this next segment. What is dead may never die. So Hogan is on the phone and it's like, get me my lawyer because I'm going to get Eric Bischoff and I'm going to eat his ass. What? No, he, he, he retconned it immediately where he was like, he, he, I can't remember exactly what he said because he didn't end the sentence with eat his ass. It, he he should like that was the intended end of the sentence, but he heard it and said another word. I can't remember what I that don't word think was. He did. He did. I know he did. Yeah, because I'm gonna eat his ass alive. But he like said alive That's very still quickly. Not but he said alive so quickly that you would think that he said eat him alive, not eat his ass. <laughs> yes, yes. You can you can fact check me on that. What's the uh, oh god? What the, cut to the other Hulk Hogan um, line? I'm gonna get off cracking your knob, dude. Oh, god. <laughs> It's like you are you don't hear, you don't think about what you're going to say before you say it. Oh, we're talking about how gay wrestling actually is. Oh, yeah. <sighs> and then, Emily, Hulk Hogan tells the camera to back up, dude. He's in a limo. He sure is. Closes the limo to that door. We have a jump cut to a different view shot. Our biggest return of the night. It's the White Hummer. Who had that one? I'm sure y'all knew this was coming. I didn't. I knew it was coming eventually. I didn't know it was this show. Like, what the fucking fuck? why? Why can't we let things just go? I don't know if just the limo is like very structurally safe or what, but it's like, oh, this didn't seem that bad. Like, oh no, Kevin Nash's a- limo got like demolished. Yeah. This was a very safe, for all accounts, car crash. Like, if it was Canyon, he would have taken that bump. Oh, absolutely, he would have taken that bump. He would have actually been in that limo. It's like the, the limo might have had, like, its parking brake on or something, so it just didn't move as easily, so it didn't take the the motion as well. I don't know. But the White Hummer's back. Did you miss it? It's not back. This is literally it. No, it's back. He'll be in the ring on next week. Hulk Hogan versus the White Hummer. He's in the ring next Monday cutting a promo on Eric Bischoff. So Bischoff goes over to the window and is like, Never trust a man with a white Hummer, Hogan. What the fuck? So I'm like, are you? who are you implying was behind the first one? Was it you or was it Hogan? I think he was implying that it was Hogan. I don't know. I think. It's, is it Sable? Could be. Is Let's just Car- say. Was it Carmen Electra? Oh my God. 
I never thought that we would see that white Hummer again. So, yeah, so Bischoff was behind the wheel and Kidman was with him. Just yes. Right, which, to kind of cite Always Sunny here, where they're going to drive into the wall, it's like, well, I don't need to be in the passenger seat with you. We're, we're, we're faking this, so you can just do this and I'll, I'll watch. It's like... Yeah. Why, why was Kidman in the passenger seat of this? All he did was risk getting hurt. He just wanted to be you part of it. You didn't crash a car into another car. He just wanted to be part of it, brother. Like, you're going to ban my shooting star press. I'll hurt him another way. There you go. I'll make him bleed. For real. Admittedly, I knew this was coming back. I don't, I feel like I'm not as mad as I thought I'd be. I guess that's a good thing. You know what it is? I think it's just like, they're not overly pretending it's like, well, mystery solved about who it was a year that's ago. That's true. They just say, we saw that Hummer a year ago. Yeah, they keep being like, oh, it's the same Hummer from last summer. Which clearly it wasn't. They they totaled that Hummer. Yeah. It's like, it's the same Hummer and it's the same limo. Definitely not the same limo. So then we get Hogan getting stretchered out and uh, Kidman and Eric Bischoff approach him. Did you catch, though, because this is like one of my favorite bits of the night. As Hogan's being loaded onto the stretcher, Bischoff and Billy Kidman are running down the hallway to like continue the battle. And they're going, wee-woo-wee-woo-wee-woo. Yes. Well, it's funny. When I heard that, I was thinking about Finger Poke Doom, where Eric Bischoff is doing the bzzz. Oh, yeah. Hire this man. He does his own sound effects. Look, he's a regular Michael Winslow. He's the, he's famous for doing his sound effects. Okay. So Eric Bischoff and Billy Kidman taunt Hulk Hogan, and they grab some red spray paint. And for a split second, I'm like, you're not going to spray NWO. I really thought they were. <laughs> they spray NB. New blood. What? N- no, brother. <laughs> that's why. I, yes. That's what it should stand for. Yeah. So Billy Kidman, part of the new blood. Cool. You know, it's funny. I was actually enjoying the show. We were watching it. But now that we're talking about it, I'm like, this is not going well. There's a lot of dumb shit on this it's show. It's so dumb. And it's kind of like fun dumb, but it's not fun dumb enough that you're like, it's just this week. It's going to continue. This isn't stopping. I think what it is is like when you're watching it, like, Oh, it's fun. And then when you actually, like, take a step back to think, you're like, oh. oh this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're like, where is this going to go? Oh, no. I don't think that this content was intended to be analyzed the way that we're analyzing it. So let's go to our main event, kind of, because we were like, it was a clue to the main event because of how much time is left. Yeah. It's Diamond Dallas Page with Kimberly Page versus Sting. And fuck me, why is Jeff Jarrett coming out? Jeff Jarrett got a whole entrance with his song and everything. Like, for why? Like, I knew it was going to be to do commentary, but still. Unnecessary. DDP tries for Diamond Cutter early on, but Sting counters. Sting hits a face buster and a stinger splash in stereo. Sting tries for Scorpion Deathlock, but DDP gets the ropes before he's able to actually get it locked in. On commentary, they're talking about, like, the whole master plan of Russo. And Jeff Jarrett, like is barely hiding that he has no idea what the fuck this plan is. Yeah. It's not even like, I know the plan and I'm hiding it from you. He does not know the plan. He's like, I know the plan, but why don't you tell me what the plan is so that I know that you know. Just so both of us know. Yes, yeah, so we like, both know what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. That was definitely the vibe it was giving off. Belly to belly to sting. <laughs> then Jared hops off commentary and DDP is clotheslined to the floor. Jared jaws with Kimberly. Like, why is she getting involved in these matches? Yeah. So DDP attacks Jared. Referee is distracted by this. Vampiro comes in the ring. We don't even see his entrance. No. Hits a nail in the coffin on Sting, and they're like, oh, no, the brother's in paint. I'm like, they were a team for max two weeks. So back in the ring, DDP doesn't see this. Hits a diamond cutter on Sting and uh, gets the win. He's going to Spring Stampede. Woo! Which, Emily, quick, name another match for Sunday. No. They don't announce any other ones. 
I don't know. Remember how they were building towards Hogan and Sid? No. <laughs> the, bount- the bounty on Hogan? Oh, I thought we kind of like squashed that, though. No, we didn't. I thought we all agreed that that was stupid and we didn't No, do Hogan it. won a million and a half dollars, apparently. No, no, he didn't. According to him, he did, brother. Jeff Jarrett gets in the ring, does his little tap on the shoulder to hit DDP with, with a guitar shot. Mm-hmm. DDP ducks the shot and Jarrett ends up hitting Kimberly, who braces for the shot super early and is still somehow apparently legitimately concussed. Oh, okay. So Jarrett then leaves and DDP looks after his wife and we go to commercial. Jeez. Which I'm like, I figured that's the end of the show. Like, no, no, yeah, no. There's like, think. there's like six minutes left. You would really think. Just the way that she took that hit, though, I'm not surprised that she's concussed. Like, she hit that hard. Yeah, and then back in commercial, we see DDP carrying out Kimberly and, like, almost dropping her the entire he was, way. He was not carrying like, her in like, a way that made any sense. Like, they cut to different, like, timelines of, like, up the ramp, and she's, like, sliding down the whole time. Yeah. Like, I have carried a drunk girl. Me. Back. Well, no, actually, it was not you. Pre you. Just, like, trying to carry her into her parents' house. Like, oh, yeah. please take care of her. And I was, like, slowly dropping her the whole way. Oh, God. Me, you somehow got down a very narrow flight of stairs. So, back from the break, Eric Bischoff and Russo are talking to a chair. Like, oh, they love you. Go back out there. We're like, why? Why are we doing this? Did you realize you still had, like, six minutes left in the broadcast? Yeah, I think they fucked up their timing. And didn't realize, like, oh, but, we gotta fill it. But Jarek gets his fucking pyro again. Yeah, he gets the full entrance for a third time, fourth time tonight. So Jarek grabs a mic, does one last sell for Spring Stampede. Because, again, there's one match advertised. Yeah. He taunts DDP and says he's a real man who can show Kimberly some wood. Ew. Don't D- say it like that. DDP runs out, brawls with Jeff Jarrett. Scott Steiner then comes out. So Luger comes out. Then Buff. Then Vampiro. And The Wall. Sting then makes the save and fights off, like, everyone on his own until he just doesn't. And Booker T comes out, like, kind of turns heel, beats like, down Sting. Like, why are you here? And the cat. It's the like, cat, the like, why are you here? Well, Booker's the only one that I'm like, you were, like, firmly a face. This is, like, a weird pseudo heel turn for you. Like, if you had Harlem we'll Heat. see what happens next week. Well, I don't you, think If I'm you had Harlem Heat come effect. out here, like, new Harlem Heat, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm not taking all of this into account until we get some more solid storylines. This is nothing to me. This we, is just you were backstage and you were easily accessible. Go, go, go. Like We get some large Goldberg chance. It leads to nothing. Nothing. Once again, he was advertised. The New Blood just beat down the faces and pose until Russo and Bischoff come out to the stage. They pose and hug. And then we get Bret Hart appearing on the ramp. And it's unclear whether he's joining or he's disappointed in what he's seeing. It looks like he's staring down at Russo and Bischoff like a disappointed dad. That's what it looks like to me. It's weird. And we know it's not going to lead to anything. No, he's not going to wrestle. We'll see. Again, I'm saying we'll see what happens next week. Oh, man. That's a, that's a Nitro. That was... Welcome back to Nitro, guys. Look at the Vince Russo Nitros. We did it. So Holy much shit. happened. Fucking breakneck pace. We sat down to start watching the show, and I looked at the runtime. I was like, oh, it's only about an hour and 43 minutes. Easy. So much happened in the first 30 minutes. These are going to be exhausting. I think it's going to be uh, rough going forward. But, but I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. I, stuff will be happening. I feel like we're not going to be like, all right, then we get fucking this nothing match. Right. Like, I feel like it's going to be almost too much. It's going to be sensory overload again. Yes. And that's that and again, I'm kind of worried. Spring Stampede, there's one match advertised and all the titles are vacant. Oh, God. So clearly we need yeah. to... Um, so as I was saying at the top of this show... They don't 
plan properly for Spring Stampede. We had a whole episode of we're vacating all the titles and we only talked about one getting re like reinstated what about the tag titles what about the u.s title what about anything else do you think they're gonna crown anybody champion on thunder i do all of them or just one or? i think they're gonna do tag of all of the titles i can see them i, would, doing I, tag oh, I, I think cruiserweight maybe yeah we'll have to see so that's what's up coming we're back baby yeah next up spring stampede we don't know what the fuck we're gonna get there I better than ever so emily let's go to best bit worst bit and mvp Oof. oh i i struggled big These on are this hard. emily what is your best bit so i think i'm gonna give it to the sting sid match sting okay I th- yeah i think that was the best match on the card okay interesting yeah it's funny. We're, we're going to flip roles here. Yeah. Which which match are you giving it to? I'm not giving it to in a match. No. I'm giving it to Billy Kidman coming out and shooting on Hulk Hogan. Because I was like, oh, fuck, buddy. Here we go. I, him, like, I was like, you know what? Good. You're on go. my boy's side. But listen, that best bit ends as soon as Hogan comes out. Because I'm like, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Emily, what's your worst bit? I think just because of the like fury that it instilled in me. It's like an overarching bit. It's the fact that they cut the song in Pyro for DDP and um, Luger oh, and not for anybody else. Yeah. I think that is the worst Them bit. Them setting up a story beat and immediately, immediately cutting it. Immediately dropping it. Within 30 minutes. Yeah. I think that's the worst bit. Okay. Uh, I got to go with the debut of Sean Stasiak. That's valid. Because holy shit. <laughs> I have no interest in seeing him after that debut. Ugh. Apparently, Dave Meltzer's like, it's Shockmaster-esque. And I'm like... Oh, no. I'm like, you know what? I don't disagree. Oh, no. Honorable mention, though, to the return of the White Hummer. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> I just I wasn't angry enough about it. I don't yeah. know what it says about me, but I was like, oh, I don't know. Oh, man. And Emily, who is your MVP? God, I don't think I have an MVP. I, I know. I'm struggling hard here, too. Fuck. It's not Russo. I guess I'll give it to DDP. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning the same yeah. thing. I'm like, just one of those, like, you, uh, somebody you know you can build a show around as a face. And you can, as a viewer, look at him and be like, you're going to give me something. You're not going to be garbage to watch. No, and him being in the main event title match makes yeah. sense. Wrestled two good matches. Yeah, DDP. Yeah, let's go to DDP. Why not? In terms of value, yeah. Yeah. What a time. What a time. Whew. That was fun. Yeah, and... That's going to do it for uh, this episode of the Butts and Podcast. Next up is Spring Stampede. But before we uh, fully wrap up, we got to uh, have some order of business here. Yes, finally. We have to announce what is the potential 100th episode. So once this episode goes live, and it's going live on December 23rd. So by the way, Merry Christmas to all of you who are listening and all of your other holidays. But... Episode's coming out December 23rd. We are going to have this poll up until the stroke of midnight of the new year. And I'm going to delete the poll, so if you missed it, you don't even know what the winner is. <laughs> but so seven full days. Our four choices for episode 100 are <laughs> Fall Brawl 1998, a.k.a. Warrior Games. Oh. That is the pay-per-view right before Halloween Havoc 98. Okay. Option number two. Uncensored 1996. I was considering Uncensored the Triple 96. Cage, the uh, the Mega Powers versus the Alliance to yes. eliminate Hulkamania. Yes, with the ultimate solution. Yes. Oh God. Ultimate. Don't call him final solution. Oh God. 
then we have two non WCW ones. Okay. Heroes of Wrestling. Yes. <laughs> Oh, are you ready for that? You, we, we just watched Sabre Dismember and you're like, no, this is just bad. But this one's on a boat. No, it's not. Son of a bitch. Is this the one that I always confuse? None of these are on a boat. No, I'm talking about the one on the battleship. This, this is not that one? No, that's... I always confuse that's these. The, that's, that's not even... That's like a body slam challenge as part of the Lex Express DVD. I, that's what I want to watch. No, Heroes Wrestling. Main evented by... I don't even remember what the fuck the teams are, but it, it's... The four men are... Drugged out of his mind, Jake Roberts, Jim Neidhart, King Kong Bundy, and Yokozuna. Oh, God. And I should note, all of them are the artists formerly known as. Nice. Okay. Okay, so we've got Heroes of Wrestling, Uncensored 96, Fall Brawl 98. What's our fourth? We're going to Saudi Arabia no. for the Brothers of Destruction versus D-Generation X. Oh. My one of my favorite wrestlers of all time being just like here's some money go sell out it's crown jewel 2018 I don't know what the obvious choice here is I, I don't really don't it's four garbage shows oh no but you all have a say on what we're gonna do and I, I don't know what to root for clearly the the show Emily's rooting for isn't even the it's show not on the here. one that I thought it was. <laughs> Heroes of Wrestling is from Casino Magic. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's fine. So that poll will be up by the time you listen to this, and um, we'll keep that under wraps until the end of episode 99. Emily and I have locked in our picks for episode 100 to 102. We sure have. So if you're wondering why an episode wasn't wasn't in this poll, it's either <laughs> scheduled for the timeline or we picked it. I think there's one that's very obvious that everyone's like, why didn't Emily pick this one? Oh, it's funny. I'd say, why? what's the one that Emily didn't pick? It's the one I picked. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, you can listen to all of our back catalog on everywhere the podcasts are found besides SoundCloud. You can follow us on social media at Butts in the Pod, except for Facebook, which is Butts and Seats Podcast. And you listen to seven bonus episodes on Patreon. Yes, you heard us talking about December to Dismember a lot during this recording session. That's our most recent drop on Patreon. So if you're all intrigued, it's $5 a month. You get access to that episode as well as everything else that we've recorded over there. So on there right now, we have our original pilot, WrestleMania 18, Unforgiven 2006, All of Legends House, WrestleMania 13, and ECW December to Dismember, which Emily immediately regretted upon choosing. Sure did, and I made sure everyone on our social media knew that. Lots of pain over on... uh over on the Patreon. Call it a Patreon. <laughs> so yeah, Emily, any uh, final holiday wishes or thoughts where we got here? Thank you for spending your year with us. We very much appreciate it. This has been, you know, one of the highlights of our year. Have a safe, happy holiday and a restful, peaceful new year. The next episode after this is going to be the fifth year of the Bust and Seeds podcast. That's crazy. Fifth calendar year. We're flexing with it. That's insane. <laughs> I know. That's that's not right. That can't. We started this in 2020. 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, and the next one will be 2024. Oh, fuck me. I know. That's crazy. Weird how time works. I hate it. But until we see you at the mystery show of Spring Stampede, I'm Nick. I'm Emily. And Happy New Year, and thanks for listening to the Butts in the Seats podcast. Bye!